The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am here, your host, Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you have come heard come from our do or die man in Brooklyn, one other than Agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Which actually got to remember um, I, if you saw that part in, in uh, Miles' book when we get to it. But we'll uh, let's see if I can remember when we get to that point. Oh, I saw it. I saw uh, it. I know you did. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got to clip that because <laughs> I know my man was, was going to pick up on it. Um, but yeah, we will talk about that in a little bit, folks. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Comic Book Chronicles. We can be found on the Coast of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. Yeah, there's something going on with that site. I gotta talk to them about that because that looks weird on for our stuff. But uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, you can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Uh, you can find us uh, uh, every Thursday night, nine thirty ish p.m. Uh, where we're recording live on the The Click Nation's YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash Comfortable Chronicles. All right, folks, we're just going to drop into it because we don't have one, not two, but three episodes of uh, Star Wars OP1 Kenobi to go through. So we're basically going to do a previously on for the first two and then kind of go into the third one, which still kind of keep it brief. Right, because, let's face it, I was wrong. I thought that episode three was going to come out on Friday, much like uh, episodes one and two did, but... I thought the same, so you're, you're not alone in that. Me, right, unbeknownst to me, episode three, you know, like, thanks to uh, a social media posting by a, uh, a, a friend... I was, ta- I was completely caught unawares on Wednesday. I was like, what? So I saw it when they went after one and two dropped. And it's like, yeah, new episodes on Wednesday. I was like, oh, snap. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I, I totally missed that part. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we probably talked about it, but it just kind of, you know, just kind of blanked on it. Mm-hmm. So here we go, folks. Uh, episodes one and two. We, the, the prime reports are, which uh, I think in the show notes, there might be um, an article in the clickbait session about a supercut that's supposed to catch you up 
on um, the high points of the prequels before you get to this. But the first episode pretty much starts off with with that. You know, um, a, a lot of the high points dealing with with uh, with, with uh, Obi Wan. Uh, you know, coming out of this. Um, and then we, uh, after it does that, we get introduced to the three inquisitors. Um, that would be the grand inquisitor, uh, the third sister and the fifth, was it the fifth brother? No, fourth. Is it the fifth brother or the fourth brother? No, I want to say it's the fifth, the fifth brother. brother. Yeah, I think it's the fifth brother. AKA, AKA Han. Yes. Okay. Which is, which is funny in so many ways <laughs> at this point. But uh, yes, yes, yes. You know, part of me is uh, th- this is just a quick aside. I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. Why do they gotta have the Asian brother be green? Which is actually I think kind of funny because I don't think in the comic he is like he's like gray or something. Right. And yeah, I was about to say in Clone Wars he's and gray. bigger. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, you know, live action. Right. right, so that's what I thought it was funny. I'm like, why does he got to be green? Right, I, I kind of wondered that myself. I'm like, wait a minute, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But regardless, hey, I'm just glad to see the brother get work. So, <laughs> listen, once you get into the Star Wars universe, you can start doing all the convention circuits. Oh, you got checks, yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. So, so, but anyway, sorry to interrupt. I just yeah. wanted to mention that you know because representation. Indeed, so. indeed. Um, so yeah, like I said, I'm trying to, trying to go through the five points, five points, because unfortunately what we got here is kind of, is, is kind of, uh, going through some things, but yeah, we, we get, um, we get, we meet the Inquisitors, they're looking for a Jedi on Tatooine, we, we believe to be the case, but not Ben at this point, although one of them, Reva, uh, the, the, uh, the, the third sister, pretty much really wants to get Kenobi, really wants to find him. Uh, and bring him to Vader because you know. So at this point, this... Own, you're right for her own reasons. That's right. What we're, but what we're led to believe is that for her own reasons, we that uh, uh, Riva, the, the the new character that we're being introduced to here in the Kenobi show, uh, is hot on the heels of Obi Wan Kenobi. Right. Much to the chagrin of the Grand Inquisitor and the others around her, because you know, she's like, yeah, you're kind of reckless, which that's, that's always kind of it's always Obi Wan uh, at that at this point. Um, and I believe I can't remember if it was this early on or not, but we do get um, that we do get taken back to the events of Order sixty six, where we see some younglings, one of which might be Reva, uh, that are training when Order sixty six goes down, and they get kind of. Uh, um, they managed to escape, but uh, well, they had a Jedi helping them for a little bit. Who's uh, apparently who who's had a good showing for a minute up until they ran up. You know, <laughs> met the wrong ones, I guess. Uh, right, and it's implied. Right, it's definitely like heavily implied right. that uh, Riva is amongst this group of younglings. Right. So there is that. Um, so yeah, we get Order sixty six. We catch that. Um, then we get uh oh we get back to uh Obi-Wan who's on Tatooine he's working in the coal mines not really but <laughs> might as well be he's you know he's um he's cutting up fish he's he's getting a fish fish scale is that I don't know if that's what was that the right word but regardless he's working at a uh, um shark. it looked like yeah it looked like fish to me i i listened to a couple uh, to to another podcast we all know i'm a big fan of the ringer and the ringerverse stuff mm-hmm. and um 
the, the, the folks over at the ringer seem to think that that was like a, you know, that looked more like beef or wagyu beef. I'm like, no, that looked like fish. Hey, I thought it was salmon. It was like, it kind of looked like yeah, salmon. Looked or... like, definitely looked like fish to me. Right. But it's, it's supposedly some, they're cutting up some, some sea, some, some sand, sand shark or some, something that died and I guess the meat is still good or something weirdly enough. Yeah. Which yeah, is, maybe it's a great dragon, you know? That's what I thought at first. I thought that at first, because it was like, well, they did, they killed a couple of them in the, in the course of, like, Boba Fett and, um, uh, well, it's given the Mandalorian, specifically, I guess. Um, right. But yeah, we, but anyway, we see Obi-Wan, he's, uh, he's, uh, doing his job, clocking out, he steals a little piece of meat every day, because we, we see him doing this a couple of different times, you know, going, uh, going to work, um, Right, uh, it's his it's his new routine. Yeah, basically, he's clocking in every day, and now he's uh, he's um one of the people clocking out in front of him uh, get bullied, and he wants to do something but can't, and just kind of stares down the dude in charge. And I was like, I feel you, Obi Wan, I feel you. But he goes, he feeds his uh yapi some of the meat that he's stolen, which is kind of funny too, also because of like they don't see he's doing it like right there, you know, they don't see him cutting this up. <laughs> when they're like three feet, two or three feet from the from the people that's you know that's watching them or something, but regardless, but uh, yeah, so we see uh, Obi Wan's daily routine. Uh, this first time when he runs into um, Owen, yes, Uncle Owen, um, at some point, um, and uh, basically Owen's still like, nah, nah, look, <laughs> you stay away from Luke, basically. Um, oh, we also see um, Obi-Wan kind of getting some parts together for a particular toy that uh, we see Luke uh, playing with at uh, the beginning of uh, um, Star Wars. So apparently he does end up getting, despite the fact that Owen's like, nah, don't don't stay away from my kid. Um, but anyway, uh, meets up with Owen. They have words. Owen kind of Cohen kind of was like, yeah, you, you trained his father. You <laughs> stay away from the kid. Um, and I think... Uh, I can't remember if this is when... No, yeah, shortly after this, we run into the Inquisitors again, where uh, Obi-Wan's right by, by and uh, Reva kind of confronts uh, Owen and threatens to kill him uh, if, they don't, um, if they don't produce the, the Jedi that they're looking for, which is not Ben at this point, um, which is uh, another one we'll see later. But uh, that altercation kind of gets passed, and, um, and uh, Obi-Wan's like, thanks. And Obi-Wan's like, I didn't do it for you. Peace. <laughs> so we see Owen going home. We do see Owen kind of watching over uh, the, the the Skywalker uh, homestead. You know, Luke's being a little Luke or whatever. But then we cut over to Alderaan, where we see um, uh, a, a little uh, a little person getting dressed up uh, for some function uh, that, and it's supposed to be little Leia, but of course, just like her mom. She uh she has um she has some plays apart for her while she runs off into the woods, uh, and her mom goes to look for, her, um, so, which is kind of funny, uh, and then we catch up with little Leia, who, who's very cute. Um, she, she's she's uh she's taking the show, uh, playing with her little droid, which I guess we should at some point she gets rid of, uh, and watching out for for ships overhead. Mom comes to find her to, to get her ready, um. And then they go off. Then I think we see Bale at some point in in this, um, and somebody's kind of looking to um, looking out over them 
talking. At some point, Leah, uh, just to kind of cut ahead, Leah gets kidnapped by some by Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, and we come to find out this, this is a plot by Riva to uh, call, to bring out Obi-Wan. Because apparently, she, somehow she put together that Leia, well, that Bale and Obi-Wan knew each other from the Clone Wars and ipso facto, if I kidnap you, that'll bring, kidnap the kid, that'll bring him up, which is kind of the, the B-plot for um, for this show, going right. into the second one, going into the second episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, when Leia gets kidnapped later on in the first episode, uh, Bale and his wife, Breha, calls on uh, Obi-Wan is like, and he's like, nah, find somebody else to do it. I'm out of shape. I can't do this. Uh, but of course, Bale, I mean, after saying no, Bale comes to Tatooine personally and uh, tries to get um, Obi-Wan to, to help out, which he eventually does. And I think that kind of goes into episode two. He, he goes out and then uh, unburies his lightsaber. Oh, only after he sees the, the other Jedi that they're looking for get strung up because uh, apparently the Inquisitors find him. Um, but he reluctantly um, goes to help uh, Bale Brahal find uh, Leia, which, like I said, goes into the second episode where he's on this planet called uh, Deyu, um, which I'm, the article I'm looking at says it looks like uh, Blade Runner, which, yeah, I can kind of see that. Mm. <laughs> so we're seeing uh, Obi-Wan trying to, um, trying to find... You know, with a lead from Bale, obviously trying to find out where Leia is on the planet. Now we've seen uh, Obi Wan, you know, doing the stuff in the Clone Wars before, but he obviously has been some time, so he's a little bit rusty. But he runs into uh, an Eternal, <laughs> um, uh, and I say I say that jokingly because it is um, Kamel Nanjani playing um, a, a um, con artist Jedi, right? Um, but who d- does end up helping him near the end of the show? So, but um, but and does end up steering him into basically another trap. Um, uh, that Reva set because apparently Reva knows Obi Wan well enough to know what he's going to end up doing, and even with some words from the Grand Inquisitor, who's kind of pretty much cock blocking the whole time. But um, uh, Obi Wan is up fine. Leia, he gets her out of the um, it gets her out of the trap. And she's being kind of a little bit of a um, stubborn, <laughs> a, a stubborn little kid. She's supposed to be, she's playing, a t- she's a 10 year old at this point. So, which is kind of funny because Obi-Wan asked her how old you, uh, she was. I'm like, you should know this already. <laughs> you know him and her and her brother. So you know how old each other. But obviously this Leia, this little Leia, Leia talks like she's way older than her age. You know, right. she, she's even kind of uh, earlier in the first episode, kind of dressed down her cousin, uh, for 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 some things that he said, so, but um, but yeah, like I said, they they go through this tra- um, this trap. They try to get away. There's the whole sixteen blocks type situation. If you've seen that movie, where they're trying to get to, um, they're, they're trying to get to the port, but the port's been closed down, and they and Kamel and Johnny kind of finds them a what another way off and tries to stall Riva. In the meantime, um, and I believe that uh, is. Pr- Oh, and then I think at the end of episode two, there is a showdown. Well, there is a, basically a Warriors come out and play moment with Reva and uh, Obi-Wan in, mm-hmm. some, in the cargo bay. And this is when we found out, well, that's when Obi-Wan finds out that Anakin is not only still alive, 
but he's well he knew i guess he put two and two together because he knew um he thought anakin was dead but he found out he's alive and he knows vader's around so he put two and two together which got him which had him kind of shook at the end of episode two Right. So it's funny that are, are you done with the recap of uh, of two? Yeah. The only thing I was going to say real quick was that like I'm surprised Reva knew that Anakin was Vader because I didn't think that was that's that was not knowledge that was known even with the Inquisitors because we right. know the Inquisitors from the book especially as far you know just they're supposedly under Vader but they didn't know who he was as far as we know so mm-hmm. that part was kind of curious but anyway what were you going to no, say? No, no. I just wanted to mention there was another kind of vague movie reference that oh. I that I sensed from another forty eight hours. Sure, I don't know. Sense that okay? Where Leia's like, I've already been chased and I've been shot at, and I thought <laughs> I thought I was, that that sounded like Reggie Hammond. It's like <laughs> I just got out of jail. Got out of, yeah, I I just got out of jail today. I've already been shot at. I've been in a, in a bus that flipped over seventeen times. You know? I didn't like, think about that part, but now you just yeah, I didn't think about that part, but now did you say that? Yeah, I can I can totally see it. <laughs> I, was, I was listening to it. I was like, where have I heard that cadence before? Right. It's all in the cadence, right? Mm-hmm. Because the the, uh, the 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 uh, the essential parts of the story, the facts of the story, are different. But it's all in the cadence. And when I heard little Leia delivering this, I was like, "Oh my god!" Right? It a riff on another forty-eight hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was adorable. I like I like little Leia. Um, she's good. Yeah, she's definitely well cast. Yeah, indeed, yeah. indeed. Um, oh, there was also another touching moment that I totally forgot before that. Because um, speaking of little Leia, um, before we go to the episode three, um, um. Obi was talking about how stubborn she was, and it reminded her of somebody. And I was like, "Oh, he's thinking of Satine." Uh, yeah, although I think it was really supposed to be Padme. I I don't think so. Not the way. Another uh, reason why I don't believe that is the case. Well, one, we'll talk about it again in episode three because there is a, a, a reference to Padme in episode three. Definitely, mm-hmm. Padme, yes, was kind of willful, but I don't think she was all that stubborn to. Uh, or at least not the way in the way he it felt like he was talking about her, you know, because he kind of tread off like, oh man, I'm, and he said she was a leader, like yeah, she was in the Senate. Well, she was a queen also, I guess, but um, at, at some point, but I don't know. I've, it felt to me like he was talking about Satine as stubborn because you know, remember the Clone Wars? Satine and Satine used to get into it, you know, yeah. as stubborn as she was. That's why it made me think of that. Now in the next episode, she does he does kind of mention Padme. Um, more so, directly yes exactly so that's why i was thinking like i don't know if you would make two references to her in the same in, in i mean i could be wrong because i know somebody else has said uh it was, it, it was talking about padme i think it's the team though but i could be very much wrong i would appreciate if it was a team <clears throat> right because you know my hope is that in the next three episodes we get some kind of reference to her right I, 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 yeah, that's why. Because, like, if you think about if you think about moments in in um, Obi Wan's life that we know about, like obviously we, he talked about his family. I'm thinking this next one, but or uh, um, you know, the, it's the Jedi, Satine, you know, and his connection to the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and that that at least that have anything to do with the show, um, right? So that's why I was like, yeah, because if if it wasn't for the Jedi, he and Satine probably could have would have been together because. Um, I, I think about whatever episode of the Clone Wars I was like that he was like uh, that she was like 
uh, excuse me, that he was like, if you told me to leave, I'd have gone, <laughs> you know? So you, you could, you know how much he he cared about her. That, that but regardless, let's get on to episode three. Cause that's, that's kind of, that's a conversation. Yeah, uh, this we is the pressing, right. This is the pressing matter in the sense that this is the episode that came out this week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're not going to completely spoil it folks, but right. if you are on social media at all, or even the internet at all, I'm willing to bet at least one big reveal was spoiled for you before you, you know, like uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch it yet by this oh, point. Yeah. For certain. Uh, and that reveal is actually, well, we kind of just it in a way because, um, like I said, at the end of, um, at the end of episode two, uh, Obi-Wan finds out that Anakin's still alive and hence Vader and Vader shows up in this particular ep- episode three. And by right. the way, folks, I guess it should go without saying, if you're watching the video version on this on YouTube, you, you probably won't be hearing this if you scared, but skip this part, but there, there should be chapter markings. You should be able to skip all this and come back to it. If you feel like it at some point right. later on, um, I don't know. They don't, I, I can't remember if the uh, episodes had, um, titles to them they probably did but i don't know what they what they are no i think it's just part three to be honest you know what you're probably right yeah you're right because i'm seeing this other ones like yep uh, title part three so yeah you're right okay so here we go with part three and it was like we're not gonna go like beat for beat but we're the the main things um the the main things are is that they get off uh dayu um coming out of episode well come going into this episode they end up on this other planet of which whose name's escaping me. Um we find Obi-Wan trying to still commune with um Gwagon Jin, which he had been doing the, the last couple of episodes, but he can't because you know it's that uh, is that trope of like, well, he's he's still kind of conflicted at this point. So I, I would imagine at the end of um uh, at the end of the season he'll probably get that connection um that that he's looking for. So but he does go back to the to Reva's words about uh Anakin being alive which kind of shook him. Um, and then we go to Mustafar, which is, um, Obi- uh, which is, excuse me, which is Vader's planet, uh, uh, where Vader's castle is. And we see, uh, Vader on the throne and talking to Reva. Um, oh, and there, I forgot. There was one other thing. Reva killed, supposedly killed the grand inquisitor, the, uh, in episode two, but I don't think he's dead because we see him again in, in um, in, um, in rebels. Which takes place right. after so we this. Don't know, right. We don't know exactly what happened, so we'll wait and see what happens with that character. And we've seen people get either shot in the gut or cut in half in Star Wars universe and come back, so right. I'm pretty sure he's not probably dead. Right, right, right. Uh, Unless the fighter wants them to be. So Yeah, exactly. You know. So yeah, so we see Vader talking to, to Thirsty Sister Reva, and he's like, look, um... I know what you want. If you keep on doing your thing, you might get it. Now, presumably we're left to believe that he wants to seat at the table right next to her or right, uh, excuse me, right underneath uh, Vader. But from what we know of the comic book, Vader don't even like the Inquisitor. So I can't even imagine if they're even going to go through that part. <laughs> it's hard. You know, I remember that and it's hard to imagine how they're going to play this off with this character. Right. You know, we don't know if this character and, you know, we're, this is a conjecture at this point. Mm-hmm. We don't know if this character is long for this world of Star Wars. Sadly, yeah, that is true. So, um, you know, we don't know. We we do know that the third brother. Fifth oh, no, brother. The, fifth, the fifth brother. I'm sorry. Right. We don't know because it's the third sister and the fifth brother, right? Correct. 
So the but fifth, another one, but yeah, but she doesn't. right. So we, we're under the impression that the fifth brother survives because because he's in the rebels also. Uh oh. Oh, okay. You 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 um you froze for a sec. I completely froze. Yeah, I completely froze. Okay, you you're back now, so that's good. But yeah, yeah. so so yeah, um, fifth brother's in rebel, so we know he at the very least makes it out of this, and we don't know what's going on with Reva. Hopefully, she sticks around, but we don't know, you know, to where they're gonna put her at the end of this, like you said. Regardless, um, but you know, Vader's like, hey, look, I know what you want. You know, keep on doing your thing. You you, you might get what you which uh, what you want, which. No invader, no what I just said probably means he'll kill her, <laughs> or, or or somehow find her, find a way to to have her de- 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 killed or something. I don't know. Or Obi Wan might kill her. Regardless, so we're back on the, the transfer, uh, the transport ship with Leia. Is asking, uh, we already there, and they talk. Um, she, um, she asks about the forest. Obi Wan tells her in a kind of roundabout way, but not necessarily in the same way um, uh, that he told Luke later on. Um. Uh, but then the they cut to I guess they get to the where they're going to be and they end up uh, walking to the point where they're supposed to meet somebody. Uh, Obi Wan gets impatient because the person's not there because he didn't trust the fact that um, uh, Kamel and Johnny's character was telling the truth about uh the help that he was given. But Leia's like, I don't know, we just we just help from just get uh, get some help from somebody. So and this truck comes along, um. Uh, with this alien that comes on, who I thought was J.K. Simmons. I don't know if you thought. Did you know who that was? I did not know. I honestly got mad because I thought it was Seth Rogen. <laughs> See, it sounded like J.K. I, Simmons to me. Because I, I am not a fan of Seth Rogen. Yeah, you know, shot, you know, like seriously, all all the shots. Just not a fan of Seth Rogen. Right. But I find out it's it's uh, Zach Braff. Correct. I didn't know that either. I was like, I until I saw the credits, I was like, I swear, I swore up and down that was J.K. Uh, J.K. Simmons. But I was so ways. mad. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was so mad that I was like, oh, it's a freaking Seth Rogen. I mean, Get away you, from- I mean, yeah. if you think about it, that would be the kind of role he would know. Knowing what happens as a character later, you know, later on, that would be the type of character he'd probably play. Mm-hmm. So I was waiting for him to laugh that stupid laugh that he has. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not real big on Seth Rogen either, so I, I, I get it. I, I totally get it. Um, so yeah, so they meet up with this dude. Um, Leia's kind of doing all the, most of the talking, even though she's supposed to be keeping si- uh, silent. They get on the back of the truck. He takes. Uh, they take off. Then we cut to the uh, the Inquisitor plan, whose name I uh, can't uh, can't remember where the, the Inquisitor's, Inquisitor's base is, and um, they're all talking. Obviously, you know, uh, Fifth Brother's like, "Look, this is my seat," and uh, you you know because. Reva went to Vader behind everybody's back, you know, um, you know, trying to get hers. And uh, Fifth Brother's like, nope, that's my seat. You're going to you're gonna have to fight me for it. And he even tried to kind of force bully hers a little bit. Um, uh, and Reva's like, look, uh, Vader asked me to lead this thing. So you talk to him about it. But then later on, he goes and does this, apparently goes and does the same thing or a similar thing that uh, behind their back because they're all schemers. Right. <laughs> so, which we knew about already. So, this is not a not a surprise thing. You know, Sith don't like each other. So, we get back to the 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 um, the, um, the mining planet where uh, Obi Wan and and Leia and are talking, 
And this is when that Padme uh, reference kind of comes up because he's talking to her again. And Leia, who's quite, you know, quite sharp, picks up on it. The fact that you're talking about my real mom. Um, so, so yeah. And so they have that little chat. But then um, they run into some stormtroopers where the, uh, where the alien kind of comes to pick them up because he knows them. He runs that route all the time. They uh, They kind of play it off. Obi-Wan slips up, even though he was so worried about Leia. <laughs> Leia slipping up, but he's the one slips up, but he then right. he kind of makes up for it. Hold that, hold that thought real quick. Yeah, I wanted to mention, I wanted to mention that it, it was actually kind of heartbreaking to hear Leia ask, are you my real father? Yeah, I know. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, it's like, and you, you could even see it on, on Obi-Wan's face. It's like, nah, I wish I could. I wish I was. <laughs> I was like, ooh, you yeah, know? I know. It's like, man, if 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 you knew, um, so yeah, so that was very, that was also a very touching thing. Actually, this whole thing makes me want to go back. I'm probably will do it, watch all three of these episodes again. But anyway, um, they pick up some stormtroopers that need a ride, and they said that whole thing um, about um, um, uh, um, the, about. Oh, one talks about his uh, Leia's real mom, and and she picks mm-hmm. up on it later on after they get off. Uh, then they end up going to a checkpoint, and of course, this alien, uh, voiced by Zach Braff, uh, kind of not necessarily dimes on him, but he was like, "Hey, you need to check him out because there's you know there's strays," um, and then it ends up being you know uh, uh, a droid, a uh, probe droid brought in, and then a whole big thing happens with a shootout, and um, and um, um, yeah, things go south because the probe yeah. droid is there because the right. probe droid is automatically relaying information to the <clears throat> empire. Yeah, and so you know, while while Obi does take out the squad that had that that they picked up with Freck, mm. uh, it's Freck, right? Yeah, it's Freck. Um, yeah. Another squad comes, but uh, where is here? We go. Go ahead. Yes. So another squad comes commanded by this uh, Imperial um, officer who is apparently a double, double agent uh, played by Indira, uh, Indira Varma, who I th- right. thought was going to play somebody totally different. But then again, I saw the shot of her and her Imperial stuff. So I thought he was, she was going to be straight up Imperial. But apparently, no, she shot down this, this squad she commanded and was like, I was coming to pick y'all up, but y'all weren't there. Um, well, no, I think what ended up happening is that their timing was off. Well, that's right. She was on the way. She said she was on the but way I, to pick you up, but I thought she said something about that they all weren't there. But then again, I guess they were. If they were heading that way, then that wouldn't be the case, right? I think it was all about the time. You know, like the timing just ended up getting messed up because they ran into that uh, into Freck, right? You no, know? so, but um, but anyway, t- uh, go ahead. So yeah, so so they basically take off uh, and get to this little town. Um, I think we. Um, I think we, the the Inquisitors get word that Obi Wan's on there because of the cr- cr- droid had already um, had already beamed the information to them, so they right. had me that way. Uh, but they have somebody in tow because apparently Vader uh, comes along for the ride on this one. But we find out a little bit later. Um, um, what do we get the old girl's name? We don't get her name. Oh, oh, uh, you mean Tom? T or something? Yeah, I can't remember. I think it starts with a T, but I can't remember what her name is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Um, no, it's it's. Uh, no, they do give the name. Yeah, um, no, but I can't. I don't see what it. Yeah, is. it's not here in the, it's not here in the article that we happen to pull <clears throat> to give us. Uh, yeah, give us the big the big picture. It'll probably pop up, but regardless, um, uh, she takes them to. Um, they said that they got a ship lined up for them to get off of, but they got but the ship is not ready yet, so they got to lay low for a couple of hours. But unfortunately, uh, Vader and the Inquisitors end up showing up, so they end up um, hiding, uh, and it's like and um, told the, the pilot to step up the timetable uh, and told them to go uh, while she and this other uh, droid. Uh, try to try to well actually never wasn't even the droid the, basically the droid um yeah um you know the the droid did the heavy lifting so no no pun intended because that's kind of it was a loader droid because yeah anyway um they were hiding out while the uh, stormtroopers check um and then it was like well they gotta go so y'all go and then Vader shows up um and starts killing people <laughs> killed a couple of folks. Um, and Obi-Wan's like, he's going to sense me, so I gotta do something. Uh, so he tells, uh, uh, Leia and the other girl to go ahead and he'll catch up because he's gonna lead them, uh, off, uh, off the way. So he goes and gets out yeah. of there and, ch- and, and gets, uh, and, and basically leads uh, Vader right. another way. All right. So, so just hold those thoughts. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention two things. One, Indira Varma's character's name is Tala. I know it started with a T. Thank you. Right, I, did, I had to go to IMDb to double check on that. Appreciate it. And two, so this is probably, you know, like everyone loves to harp on the Rogue One Vader hallway scene. This mm. is probably the scariest Vader has actually been. Oh, totally. Because in this scene that we, that Roddy Cat, you know, just because of the time constraints here, kind of glossed over, this is particularly frightening you know it's literally just some rando people cowering in their homes that vader force chokes out of their windows right and just kills them on the spot snaps a little kid's neck and snaps a little kid's neck who who tries to come out to help his father Mm -hmm. drag some poor woman down the street using a force yeah that was that was frightening to see but not well, yeah, that was frightening. But what he ends up doing next is the, is the thing I'm pretty sure people were, were talking about. So, right, but I mean, I thought I thought this was pretty, you know, like in terms of Star Wars stuff, like, you know, we're not talking about like gore, but that was pretty graphic. Oh no, totally, yeah, no, totally was. I mean, it was still, well, I, I, it was still markedly better than that one uh, choking your ambitions joke from uh, <laughs> from from Rogue One. So, yeah. Um, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, anyway. Yeah, they continue. even, it looks like this article even mentions Rogue One in here. So yeah, so Obi-Wan tries to lead, lead uh, Vader away while the other two go to the ship. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Vader catches up to, even though Vader, as we know, walks real slow, but he manages to not only find, obviously, uh, Obi-Wan, but just kind of gets in front of him like some Freddy Krueger shit. Not not even Freddy Krueger, but um, Jason Voorhees stuff. He's just like in front of him, like, zoop, with a, with a lightsaber, like, what up, master? Old master? <laughs> so they get into a fight, and Obi-Wan's not doing it too, too well, because obviously he hasn't been in a fight in 10 years, and the, the force is not necessarily with him. Um, um, so 
he runs, you know, tries to tries to run to get to a point to where they end up in some yard or field, some where some where some stuff was uh, some construction stuff or something it was. I don't even know, but regardless, uh, Vader does this thing where he for- pretty much lifts up, force lifts Obi Wan, um, spreads out some oil or something on the ground, lights it with his lightsaber, drags Obi Wan across it. Like, oh, you remember when when you uh, Mustafar when you uh, when you left me when to die? Burn, yeah. yeah. Burn. And he just slowly dragged him through the fight. Now, obviously, the fight is not as hot as it uh, wasn't as, as much as uh, what happened on Mustafar because that's a volcanic planet. Still, it was effective. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so this is going on. Uh, Tala ends up coming back to help uh, Obi Wan while little Ye- Leia goes to the ship, which unfortunately ends up uh, into another trap. Um, but um, Tala does end up helping Obi Wan and gets the loader bot to get um, to get Obi Wan to safety because he's in very bad shape because of because of all the fire. Uh, little Leia runs into um, uh, Reva who killed right. the pilot. Well, speaking, was I was about to say, speaking of somebody moving very quickly, right? Because how did Riva get to point B before Leia did, who had already been walking and running ahead of her? Okay, so let's go back a second, real quick, because let's let's face facts. When in, we, I didn't talk about this in episode two, there is a couple of times, both when Leia was running from Flea and the folks who were kidnapping her in the first place, and running from Obi Wan. Now, mind you, she's a little girl. Any any number of times they could have just reached out two feet. Like it was one time Obi Wan, all he had to do was just like, you know, just reach out one. Yeah, this time. is the part right. This is the part where I was referencing another forty eight hours. I don't trust you. <laughs> I've already been shot at, been in a bus, flipped over seventeen times. Right, but the but, but the point is like anyone they could have. Now obviously you got to make it is is you know you got to make it for for effect. But I'm just like they could have caught her any time. She was a little. I mean a couple times, yeah. But it was like she was like. Arms left. All you had to do was reach out. There's no way in yeah, the world you couldn't have gotten her. Just was, a little bit of a dive. Exactly. You know? And yeah. she wasn't even it wasn't she she wasn't even running that fast any of those times, including this time. But obviously, you know, there was nobody around during this last time when she caught up with Reva. So yeah, at that point I, I was kind of curious about that myself. It was like obviously Reva's pretty smart. So we, we, we catch that throughout this whole thing. So she probably figured something like that was going on and kind of head him off to the past, which has pretty much been her main name the whole time. Like, I don't have to do that much heavy lifting. I'm just going to let somebody else do the work, and then I'll just be at the end of the road. <laughs> so, and that's pretty much what she did here with Leia. Uh, um, so. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. I'm like, wait, how did you get from point A to point B? Seriously? Right. You know? That's right. all. Well, so. I mean, I know that she can do parkour. So that was a whole another thing about part two. So that was a whole lot of unnecessary parkour, but it was great. I was like, <laughs> I, just, I am not. A, listen, folks, ladies and gentlemen, I am not that big a fan of The Office. <laughs> right? I'm not. <laughs> but that is exactly what I was thinking when I was watching that. I did too. With Steve Carell and 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 what's the what's the the guy? Rain, uh, Rain Wilson. Yeah, Rain Will. I was about to say the guy that plays Dwight. Yeah, Rain Will. Yeah. Will. I could hear both of them just yelling out parkour. parkour. Mm-hmm. 
I did. As soon as she started jumping over there, because she was on a rooftop uh, in episode two, kind of looking over the city, trying to see if she could find where Obi-Wan is, and she did, so, and she ran off to it, and doing some very unnecessary fourth parkour. Um, <laughs> it was great, though, but I was like, this is unnecessary. <laughs> Like obviously, like obviously, they wanted to show her. She, I honestly started laughing myself. Yeah, I did too. I was like, "What the hell?" Right. I was like, "This is so unnecessary." But I was like, "Okay, I get it." They're trying to show that you know she's you know she's she's strong with the force and she's she's athletic or whatever the case may be. I'm just like, "But this is unnecessary. This is a whole lot of unnecessary parkour." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was great though, I, and just like you were like, I, I did that exact same thing. I was like, parkour, and just I was just laughing. I'm like, this is this is so silly. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. no, no, no. You, I was you were, and and, and you know we're, we're a little giddy. Sometimes we get a little punch drunk here. Indeed, at this matter of fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, matter of fact, just to move this along, since to keep this keep this pushing, um. Right. Oh, also, we did. If if it, um, if it wasn't known before, um, Darth Vader played well. One played by Hayden Christensen, which we do see get in the suit, like I think in Episode Two uh, at near the end, but voiced by James Earl Jones. So right. that was also great to see. Um, you know, you know, get that man while you still got him. Still got the voice. Still, you know, everything's great. Right. So. It was kind of wild because I honestly thought they might try to modulate. Hayden a little bit. I thought so too. Um, I thought that there, there's one particular scene that I, I really appreciated because it's the first time we've ever seen something like this, which is the actual construction right. of Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And I if you, we thought we thought we saw it in in um, Revenge of the Sith a little bit. No, I mean the actual construction of him coming out of his meditation chamber, not the actual initial construction, right? But like him coming out of. You know, I you know in this case it's back to tank. You yeah. know, most of the time in the meditation chamber he's already whole. Right. But this is the first time we've actually seen it, like kind of like getting ready to go throw down. Sure, true, so. true, true. You're right. So, um, so yeah, um, I think that was it. Actually, that was it. Like I said, we uh, Reva catches up with little Leia, and we see and um, and um. That was actually the end of the the episode, like, and and, yeah. uh, and the loader bike ca- uh, carries yeah. off uh, Obi Wan. Yep. Oh, and the cops are coming. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> welcome to Brooklyn, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So yeah. So this this episode, I, I can't I can't say that I've run across too many people that didn't like this episode. There's a lot happening here. Yeah. There's a lot happening here. We're definitely, you know what? We're definitely. Um, Profiting from, benefiting from these longer episodes, mm-hmm. right? They're 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 giving these episodes time to breathe mm-hmm. by giving them like a good like anywhere between forty and fifty some odd minutes. Right. You right. know, I know episode two was a little on the shorter side, but even then, you know, it's a good forty minutes long. You know, minus you know without commercials. Right. You know, right. folks, this would be an hour long TV drama with commercials. This is true. This is true. So. Uh, so at the end of the day, I think that we are benefiting from that, and that's why we're getting so much content, even though we're technically only getting six total episodes. Mm-hmm. But so far, they've been—I think they've been three good episodes. Obviously, this 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 last one, and I've watched all three back to back because I, I ended up waiting. Like I think I, I think I told you just seven seconds. I might not already said it on Twitter. Like I managed to stay relatively spoiler free 
this week without well well certain things that I didn't obviously Lil Leia being there and her little droid friend um, was was spoiled and the whole flea thing was was uh, kind of spoiled but regardless uh-huh. bad yeah yeah but you did well, well I think when we made contact about the show was the fact that I didn't know I relayed the fact that I did not know that episode three was out on Wednesday right and I made sure to tell Roddy Cat and he I think by the point. By the time that I had gotten to start watching it uh, Wednesday afternoon, I think he had already gone through all three at that I point. Had just, yeah, I had just finished seeing it and saw your your note after that. That's why I didn't say anything to you about anything that happened because <laughs> I knew you were, but you said you were about to watch it. So right, right. I didn't get to it until Wednesday afternoon evening. So right, I, I literally was watching it like on the train. Right, right. So hey, watch it where you can. Yeah. Um, but regardless, let's say good stuff. I am looking forward to next week's episode, and we are caught up. So now we only have one episode to talk about. Well, excuse me, we got one episode of Obi One, and we got an episode of Miss Marvel to talk about next week. Oh my gosh, uh, it's a, it's a little hectic, folks. But you know, if there's anything that we can that that we're sort of uh, uh, you know balancing this with is that we we've got a couple of lighter weeks of comics every now and again now. This being so, one of them. You know, this is definitely one of them. So we're going to uh, transition over to our comics of the week. I was about to say, I had to, I wanted to check just to make sure, like, yes, uh, can confirm Miss Marvel on the 8th, which is next Wednesday. Oh, I totally looked. Mm-hmm. That's how I knew to tell, uh, that's how I knew to, uh, to complain about it. Right. All right, folks, folks uh, we're going to start off with our first comic book, which is Black Panther number six. So the creators on Black Panther number six are as follows. John Ridley is the writer. Stefano Landini is the artist. Matt Miller is the color artist. And VCs Joe Sabino is the letterer. So this is book six. Uh, The title is The Long Shadow. This is book six of this opening arc of, uh, uh, of the Black Panther under John Ridley's Ten, you know, in uh, in John Ridley's tenure under his uh, guidance and leadership, and in this issue, we have finally seen some of the uh, plot threads that Ridley's left hanging, kind of intersect at the end of this issue. You know, we've seen some of the internal Wakandan politics. Uh, really come to a head here in this issue. Some of the internal security issues come to a head in this issue, as well as some family issues that need to be worked out between Shuri, T'Challa, spoiler alert, Storm, and uh, uh, who am I leaving out here? Oh, the uh, the whatchamacallit, the, uh, the, the spy. The one, the, the, the surviving spy, Jai's um, uh, lover. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Amale? Amale or, or something like that. Um, yeah, exactly. I couldn't remember her name, but I know that she is the other character running around with Shuri in this. Right. Yeah, it was kind of funny uh, because we find out in this, uh, in this issue, it was like, yeah, the, the T'Challa's not the only one that keep, can, can keep secrets. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, that whole thing with Storm was was the thing that was going to come up anyway. G- given what happened when he was on um, Kr- not Krakoa on um, uh, Arako. Mars, Arako. Yeah, so you, you, I expected that to come back up. 
Really? I was yeah. honestly surprised. I didn't know. I didn't expect that to be hashed out here in the opening arc. Well, I didn't expect that to, to be here, but I figured it was going to be somewhere because especially with that matter of fact, I think the same thing happened because uh, he went there and she came to Wakanda to steal that sword, which it was mentioned here. So both right. of those end up coming back, uh, coming back here. So at some right, point, I knew, right. So right. I knew at some point they were going to bring that back up. I wasn't sure where they were going to do it, but the fact that it was here and makes sense. So, right. I mean, I, I, it just took me a little bit off guard. That's all because, you know, bringing in that Marauders, tying in that Marauders note, uh, I thought was a good addition. But at the same time, I had to remember that they've already rebooted Marauders. Right. You know, so I was like, oh, wait, that was the previous volume. Right. Now, the thing that got me was the fact that Storm brought up the, the annulment of the marriage which I was like, I'm, okay, why are you bringing that up now? Like, y'all have, like, more current fish to fry than, than to talk about something that we thought that y'all had already taken care of. I mean, that might be something that Ridley wanted to bring up again. You know, I mean, maybe true. He's got issues with He's got issues with how that was handled. I did. And, yeah, I, I can see that. I, don't, I hardly remember when that, you know, that, that was during Avengers vs. X-Men, right? That is correct. So, I kind of remember it, uh, but... Ultimately, you know, I don't remember which writer handled that. I don't know if that was a Bendis thing or not. No, I think that was Jason Aaron. Oh, in the pages of Avengers or pages of X-Men? Uh, I think it was in a, I can't, it might have been, it would have had to have been in Avengers, I would think. But I oh, don't remember. Mean, was it in the proper AVX miniseries? I think it was, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. in the in the miniseries itself. Gotcha. Um, because it was because even then it was just like hey this is like it just kind of came out of nowhere I'm like that makes no sense and Ridley here tries to explain that I'm not sure how well he did but he tries to do something with it and the, for, for for bringing it back up um, to which I'm like oh uh, sure I I guess so where are you going with this like because because before now with Tony Coates' run they had gotten to a point. Oh, it seemingly had gotten over that. So the fact that it got brought up, brought up again, like I said, I'm harping on what took this way too long or too much. But um, I don't know. It seemed kind of weird. That was the part that seemed weird outside of bringing bringing up the other stuff. So like I said, mm-hmm. well, if if the if uh, really plans to do something else with that, then I guess we'll see going forward. But for now, um, he's got the uh, T'Challa has got some backup in the form of Storm and the Dora Milaje. Uh, at the end of this issue. Because right. he's because uh, he's been on a run this whole issue and um, and being chased by his old um, secret police, mm-hmm. um, so going to, to we'll see what uh, what's 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 next for uh, T'Challa and crew uh, right. coming out of this. I mean, I like this issue. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I just felt like there are a couple of those little. Uh, you know, what did uh, Shuri say? She called it uh, group sharing or sharing time. Yes. And, you know, there was a couple things that I just didn't expect to have hashed out. And just like Roddy Cat mentioned, I didn't expect to see or hear that um, that being discussed at this particular point in uh, Ridley's run. Right. But I guess, he, you know, I guess Ridley felt like this is the time to really get all that stuff out on the table. I, I guess. <laughs> I just thought it was. I thought it was a weird time. Oh no, I, I agree with you there. Because, like I said, like the, the the first couple of things make sense 
to- makes total sense. Those are the recent things that that happened. The, the bringing, right. the, the going back to the marriage annulment was the thing that was like, what? You know. So, but like I said, maybe he's planning on doing something with it a little later on after this arc is is finished with it, or I don't know. Maybe like you said, he he wanted to to, to address it some kind of way, right mm-hmm. here, right now, for some reason. So, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much the issue. Um, we can go on to whatever is next. Well, we only have three books in common this week, mm-hmm. so uh, we can touch on the next one being Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 38. Sure. It's written by Saladin Ahmed, with pencils by Christopher Allen and Alberto Foce. Um, inks are by Oren Jr. and Jose Moran Jr. and Alberto Foce. Colors by Brian Reber, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So... We continue with the multiversal, uh, multi-dimensional hopping that uh, Miles and Shift are undergoing, and uh, as it was established at the end of the previous issue, we are in um, a universe that is a little bit upside down, and that's not a Stranger Things reference, but that's probably on my mind because I've been watching it. Gotcha. I kind of figured it was it was bound to happen. <laughs> right. You know, things are upside down in that uh, Salim is actually in charge. Uh, Miles is no longer around. Shift is, you know, uh, again, kind of a tool for uh, Salim and his evil intentions. In this world, and, yeah. <clears throat> and Brooklyn is no longer Brooklyn. As sad as I was to read that, although there are some holdouts trying to defend the land to you know to, to the last breath. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. See that this goes back to uh, what I was a reference to, alluded to earlier because there was a um, there was a part by Gonki who apparently in this world is a general and right. um, I guess Billy uh, Miles' little sister is one of his lieutenants, I guess. Right. Or, or something. And and. Um, and uh, and Gaki mentions the fact that he would um, he's going to defend Brooklyn to his last breath, which I can't remember what line that was. That, that's a line from somewhere, but I can't remember from where. Or at least a paraphrasing of a line from a, from a rap song, and I'm not sure where hmm. or what song. I was trying to place it before we before we got here, but I can't remember. I'm old, folks. Um, regardless, it, it, the, the sentiment is there. And I know right. uh, Agent 70 was going to appreciate it one way or the other. <laughs> right. Right. And so, you know, we get a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of um, hmm, I don't want to spoil this because I think that Roddy Cat still has not read Hulk Future Imperfect. <laughs> this is correct. So I'm going to think of a different reference. But ultimately... Miles and Shift, our Miles and Shift, are uh, united, as, as, as Roddy Cat mentioned, with the underground resistance in Brooklyn. And they, you know, hatch a plan to try to uh, infiltrate Salim's uh, base and, 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 and figure out why Salim is able to uh, miraculously stay relatively youthful. And they discover something pretty insidious uh, is behind uh, a pretty insidious plan that is is behind uh, Salim's uh, seeming eternal youth. 
Yes, and it might have to do with another spider person if if that last uh, page is to be uh, inferred. Right. So, we'll 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 see what happens with that uh, in the next episode, in the next issue. So just chill to the episode. Mm-hmm. All right. Last book we got in common is uh, Strange Number Three. Guess. Yep. Strange Number Three is written by Jed McKay with pencils by Marcelo Ferreira. Inks by Roberto Poggi and Don Ho. Tiny Bubbles. <laughs> Colors are by Hava Tartaglia. And letters are by VC's Corey Pettit. So I read this. You know, I wasn't necessarily so keen on this story. You know, Roddy Cat and I were just talking about it. But ultimately, right. what's involved in this story is Clea Strange looking to, you know, the, we're following up on the events of the first two issues, which is that Clea is starting to figure out what her new role is in the grand scheme of things post death of Dr. Strange. And as the Sorcerer Supreme of uh, Earth and the Warlord of Manhattan, right? These interests, you know, uh, intersect in certain ways and they, you know, they're, 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 you know, sometimes we diverge out of that intersection, you know, to the outside parts of the Venn diagram, right? Mm-hmm. But in this case, in this issue, we're dealing with, at least in the beginning, very much so the intersectional part of the Venn diagram. And Clea is looking to enforce, uh, or at least strike back at a group that seemingly encroached upon her turf. And uh, she has to deal with uh, certain underground, underworld elements in that are established in the Marvel Universe. Namely, the Rose, um, one child of Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin. I don't know if this crosses over, or or this, or if this coincides with, or corresponds with, the events of um, the most recent Daredevil crossover, uh, Devil's Reign. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I don't know how this, where this falls in conjunction with that. Right. Yeah, I uh, find it kind of weird to to see the Rose in this. Uh, and, and I guess I, I assume did he have some sort of supernatural things going on in Devil's Reign? Just, just, just that he was there. You're right. I think it's just that uh, the Rose's territory might abut with Greenwich Village or wherever that 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 magical fair was that you know that that uh, Clea had taken an interest in. Right. So that might be what it is. I got you. Yeah, because it was like, because I was like, why is the rose here in the beginning of this? And uh, so Agent Seven and I was talking before the show about this, knowing knowing he wasn't really too hot on this uh, on this issue, and I kind of was to a point, but it because of the fact that, um, and this may be me inferring, this is that Jet McKay is writing this in a similar vein to what he wrote uh, Black Cat in. Mm-hmm. And I may be projecting that, um, but it, it kind of some of that same energy feels like it's there because it's kind of grounding strange. I mean, uh, clear a little bit, uh, and also dealing with you know gangsters, which the the bulk of Black Cat did, and in, in no uncertain terms. So that's why I'm kind of wondering, and we're not sure how much of that is going to continue to be, and however this this book lasts, or or whether it's going to go any. Uh, further away from from that, and this just so happened to be the the point to get to that. Um, but um, I was kind of like, all right, I'm I'm arguing with it right now, you know, 
until we find out where this is going or if this is even going anywhere, you know, that part might not be going anything because we get, we got a whole nother thing going next, uh, next issue. So, uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it. So it was, it was pretty good. I'm kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't know. Do we, do we know how long this book is going to last? I don't think we do. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think we've seen any indication that this is anything other than an ongoing series. Hmm. Not to say I want this to end, but you know, I kind of, I'm kind of curious is the if there's going to be anything, uh, um, seeded for the long run. Let's just say. Mm-hmm. So, but like I said, we'll see. We'll do stick around for the ride. Um, um, uh, going forward. That being the case, unless you got something else to say, we can go to um, rapid. No, we will go to rapid fire. Let me spin it up. I ain't got time to bleed. Alrighty. How many more books? Actually, wait. I think I got probably one or two more books than you did. So go for it and get yours out of the way. Alright, so first up for me is Avengers Forever number six. It's written by Jason Aaron with art by Jim Toe, colors by Guru EFX, and letters by VC's Corey Pettit. So uh, we are again on the uh, multiversal tip here. And uh, in this issue, we are following the adventures of uh, a variant T'Challa who is being hunted by a variant Killmonger who is dressed up in... Uh, I think it's a vibranium destroyer armor, which is, you know, it's kind of like, um, uh, you know, it's kind of like an enhanced Uru at this point because Uru is already like stupendously, you know, uh, uh, powerful. But, uh, you know, it seems like this Killmonger, this version of Killmonger has gotten, you know, just a, a completely uh, upgraded set of uh, destroyer armor. And so he's going around destroying different variants of T'Challa. One that we are following here is able to escape the dying planet that he's on in a rocket by himself. <laughs> yes. If that doesn't Please, sound familiar. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Please yeah. stop me if you haven't heard this one before. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, no, no, no. What I was going to say is a little, just a just a variant, a variation on what Roddy Cat was saying. Mm-hmm. No, like stop me if you haven't heard this one yet. <laughs> so I skimmed yeah. this and 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 caught on to, uh, caught on to that plus a couple of other. Uh, I'll be generous and say nods that uh, they were doing with this particular variant. Uh, right. Right. This he, particular variant goes through a journey. Yes. Right goes through an evolution, an evolution, right? Definitely evolves as a character, right? As a younger T'Challa, as a kind of a, a, a next stage T'Challa in, 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 uh, in the evolution of his powers and his armor. And then when we get to the final stage, when it comes to, conf- after having confronted this uh, souped-up Killmonger and only able to escape by the skin of his chinny chin chin or the hair on his chinny chin chin chinny chin chin the skin of his teeth the multiversal avengers that are gathering as a result of this avengers forever uh, miniseries discover him 
and he has transformed into oh, yeah. what we presume is his final form. This is very much like it's funny because the the the, the forms that we go that we have uh, gone through that we've seen this character go through. The first one was Spider Man. The second one we're guessing is Iron Man, although it definitely looked a lot more like Exo Manowar from Valiant. Uh, kind of started but, off uh, with Superman. What's that? It kind of started off with Superman and ended up with Superman. That's true. No, no, it's just that in terms of the costumed oh, yeah, identities. Yeah. Right. Just in terms of the costumed identities. It started. It definitely started off as Superman with the, with the rocket <laughs> leaving the dying planet. Come on. No, I, I already mentioned that one without right. even... But I mean, and also kind of ended up as I, from what I skimmed, like, granted I skimmed that last couple, uh, the, the whole thing, but. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. This is interesting. I'll say that from what I skimmed. I will go, I'm definitely going to go back and, and read this, uh, give it an actual read, but I was giggling reading, oh, yeah. uh, kind of skimming through this and, and seeing, uh, the, seeing the, uh, the, <laughs> what they picked and choose, chose from. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's, it was interesting. It was amusing. You know, I'm I'm curious to see what you know what group that they come up with in terms of the multiversal Avengers to take on this multiversal Masters of Evil. Right. I really would love to have seen this uh, particular character. Okay, it is Jason Aaron. I should have known. Um, I want. I would love to see this in What If. This character in What If. To see them to them do this in What If. The character exists now. The character exists now. It's out for you know. It's ripe for the using. Yeah. Right, for the using. And lastly, for me, is Ghost Rider number three. It's written by Benjamin Percy with art by Corey Smith and Brent Peoples, inks by Roberto Poggi and uh, Brent Peoples, colors by Brian Valenza, and letters by VCs uh, Travis Lanham. So if you are of a certain vintage, the incredible Hulk that we got, you know, despite all of the, the, the complaints that we got about the CG in the latest she in the in the recent She-Hulk trailers for the upcoming She-Hulk TV show you guys are all spoiled and you can complain about that because we got Lou Ferrigno in green body paint right and we were lucky to get one transformation per show right if we got two we were like, we actually got two incredible hulk appearances in an episode right indeed so if you're familiar with that version of the Incredible Hulk, that's kind of what we're getting right now in the current iteration of Ghost Rider. There's obviously a few differences and twists that are uh, that, that that kind of center around the nature of the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, but ultimately what we have here is kind of um, a variation on that Bruce Banner going from town to town, dealing with uh, a villain of the week or the month, right? And that's sort of what we have here. Meanwhile, we also have these uh, supernatural investigators who are uh, FBI and S.H.I.E.L.D. combined, you know, a team up of FBI and S.H.I.E.L.D. agents who are looking to track down Johnny Blaze because, you know, he's uh, suspected of doing something that, you know, he's, he's falsely accused. So at the end of the day, you know, how far, you know, how far this gets with you as a reader is up to you. Um, I felt like this is just another chapter in this story as opposed to really moving the story forward. But, um, you know, I, I kind of enjoy catching up with, uh, Johnny blaze now that he's not the king of hell. You know, it's kind of, you know, the, the, the character is just 
you know, ripe for newer stories hmm. now that he is no longer the king of hell. So, but that's just me. And that's it for me. Alrighty, cool. Um, as I try to really quick do something that I've you just reminded me of. My apologies. Oops, that's not what I wanted to do. There was a dude. We had a book um, before named Keith Champagne, and I think he was with uh, Don Ho. And I was like, and uh, also um, um, uh, credited with Don Ho, and I don't know why neither one of us picked up on that mm. last week. I was like, that felt like a, a missed opportunity. But anyway, um, just thought about that real quick. So my last books um, for me, Magic Number Fifteen, written by Jed McKay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, illustrations by Iguara Jacques uh, Salomon. Uh, Maria, Mariano Taibo and Kat Lobo, colors by Ariana. Man, I've got all kind of typos. Uh, Ariana Consani and letters by Duke, Ed Dukeshire. So um, we actually catch up with some uh, some folks that we haven't seen in a few issues. That being the original three Planeswalkers um, from the beginning off of this book, because um, at the end of the last arc they ended up uh, uh, Planeswalking to. Uh, into a slightly different um, acting Ravnica, and now we know what happened with them after they got there, because apparently after the the the, the whatever happened in the last arc, things were a little bit different for for Planeswalkers because um, because of I guess of the events of the the last arc, uh, and uh, all of that is in service of a plot against all Planeswalkers. Apparently, that is going to fruition. And now we have um, seen who the mastermind, who the seemingly the mastermind of uh, said plot is. And it is um, another planeswalker who has actually been seen in the pages of this and another particular Magic the Gathering um, miniseries that is actually going right now. So whatever the overarching plot is going on, uh, there is a through line in between both of those. And... Um, which leads our current th- uh, three sets of uh, Planeswalker to um, find a little side quest to kind of get some information and, and uh, get to where they need to be. So, yeah, this, uh, this story is continues to be being uh, a little bit of uh, fun, especially if you like uh, uh, Magic the Gathering. There's definitely references to people, people places, and things in the universe uh, that folks might uh, enjoy if you do. And let's see, my last book is X Men 92, uh, House of XC2. Uh, House of XC2, I guess, is the designation. There we go. So, this is pretty much, uh, hey, guess what? It's the Krakoa era, Krakoan era, but in the world of uh, X Men 92, if that hasn't. Uh, Giving you said you giving you anything. It's written by Steve Fox, uh, art by Salva Espin, colors by Israel Silva, and letters by VC Joe Sabino. Um, so we find out at the end of last issue that, uh, just like uh, the the Krakoan era, there was a Mario Mario Matagert uh like figure that is involved. 
but it is not Moira McTaggart. In fact, it is another X-Men of this era who um, is known for um, being kind of a little snit. But, you know. <laughs> um, but apparently, along with what her uh, mutant powers that she has already, she, she also has this Groundhog Day powers that uh, Myra had and has gone through similar uh, iterations of lives um, to get to the point to where she is now. Um, and, of course, uh, the, the ones that know about it are Charles and uh, Magneto at this point, but there is a Wolverine that is sniffing around trying to figure out, uh, trying, to, trying, to, trying to figure out what's what. But also in this, um, the, the, uh, the enemies of the Krakoans are uh, afoot as they are in this uh, in the prime Krakoan era, but it is the ones uh, of the flavor of the the X Men ninety two universe. So any of those folks you can think about that would be at play during that time are definitely showing up here uh, to, to 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 do some things. It's it's um it's kind of been a kind of a fun book. Like I said, I don't think this is I think this is like a, a miniseries. I'm not sure, but uh, it's been fun to revisit this world and to see what their version of what they would have uh, gone through in the Krikowin era, you know, during this time, if it was sitting during this time. So, you know, if that is something that appeals to you, you should definitely check it out. And that's it for me. So clicks of the week. All righty. Clicks of the week. Uh, and it looks like um, Astor, we've got uh, one. Yeah, we've got one click of the week from one of our erstwhile uh, not here co-hosts. Indeed, and if I hadn't think thought to ask, we wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have got either uh, any. Uh, looks like Tim is going with Batman twenty twenty two annual number one, but he didn't really give a reason. So we got that. I don't know what's going on in that, in, in that book. Um, uh, excuse me, or what was going on in that book? So, well, it's following. Yeah, it's following up on I think the events of that uh, international escapade in that awful Badenesia, uh story. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, following up on like Ghostmaker and like him running Batman Inc. Now, so which is I just I just flipped through it, but I didn't get to the end of it. So I'm sure I there's more. You. Sure, which apparently Batman Inc. is coming back. So, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, do you have your click? Yeah, I think it's pretty simple mm-hmm. this week. You know, I did, you know, I, I, I chuckled at Avengers Forever number six. Um, I appreciated Ghost Rider number three for its uh, kind of homage to uh, the uh, the 70s and the 80s uh, Incredible Hulk mm-hmm. TV show. But I think it's a clear cut of the books that I read this week, that Black Panther Number six is my click of the week. Hmm, nice. I thought it was a pretty solid episode, uh, a solid issue that is. Um, <laughs> the art could have been, you know, the art was a little, you know, meh for me, but it was okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I enjoyed that. And you know what? I totally forgot a book. Oh, go ahead. Uh, which it may or may not be my click, uh, but I'm, I'm going to talk about it real quick here because uh, I just thought about it and actually I just looked at my list that I put on here for some strange reason and didn't even talk about it. Darth Vader number 23 real quick, uh, folks, 
that did come out. There were some Darth. Uh, there were some Star Wars books to come out this week. Let me see. Where's the freaking book? Here we go. Actually, this one was kind of interesting for the reasons uh, that I'm about to mention. Not the creative team, although that is interesting in itself. Uh, writer Craig Pack, art by Rafael uh, Ainko, colors by Carlos Lopez, and letters by VCs Joe Macaramania. Uh, so this is a whole. This is story is going back to the prequels, more specifically uh, Phantom Menace. Actually, so we have this whole storyline with Sabe, which is one of uh, Padme's uh, handmaidens, who apparently at this point have, has been uh, seeking out uh, Vader for a reason that we find out in this issue. Uh, they've gone up against each other's various time, and she's gotten away either because of Vader's letter or she just got away because she, she's that good. But um, we find out that she is seeking out Vader because, one... She seems to know he's Anakin. Uh, two, there is a situation. Uh, as a matter of fact, she knows enough about him to know, you know, obviously being uh, Padme's handmaiden, she's privy to a lot of information that Padme would, you know, would know herself. Um, so she apparently knows about, um, uh, uh, Anakin's mom and the fact that she was a slave and the fact that Anakin, you know, would, you, you know what happened with that uh, and all that kind of situation, uh, which cuts back to her um, trying to help similarly uh, people, enslaved people, uh, but running up on a slag, uh, snag that has something to do with the Crimson Dawn. And Vader, um, currently in the book, has been kind of going after Crimson Dawn people and something else what else he's doing Vader's got his own machinations going on so they've kind of run across each other and in this case um, uh, you know like I said Sabe kind of gets Vader's like hey look come over here you can come slaughter some uh, Crimson Dawn but also you know because of the fact that you know these trying to help people that trying to help people that get unenslaved like your mom uh, that you couldn't do. We're trying to get other people to, out of that same situation, um, and, and you can help. So this has in kind of endeared her to him in a way. Um, where it goes back to the prequels is we run into uh, some uh, a couple of characters from the prequels, and even a pod racer, a pod racer. Which I saw these two characters, and I'm like, okay, there's a Rodian and this other dude, all grown up. And I did not know their names because I didn't. I don't think I knew their names then. And it comes out, finds out that it's Anakin's little friends from uh, from when he was a pod racer from 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 episode one. So that particular um, thing is funny. And I saw. I think it was Greg Pak that was talking about it on Twitter. It's like, hey, if you like the prequels, you may want to check out this issue. And now I see why he said that. So it's like, okay, so now this whole thing is going on, and I guess um, whatever this arc is going to deal with, there's probably going to be a pod race in there some sort of way, because we definitely see a pod race in there, and there's probably going to be Vader flying it, um, or or working it. We'll see. We don't know if that has anything to do with it, but they wouldn't have put that in. I would like to believe he wouldn't have put that in there if that wasn't going to uh, happen. That being said, um, back to my click of the week... Um, it might actually be Darth Vader number 23. It's either going to be this or Strange number three, weirdly enough. 
Um, because Black Panther was good. Also, Strange. I thought Strange number three was actually pretty good. Um, this this whole thing with Vader, and I'm not real big on Phantom Phantom Menace, but hey, the, the prequels did what they were supposed to. <laughs> so, I think. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go ahead with uh, Strange number three as my click, just so we can kind of keep it pushing. All right. But yeah, that Darth Vader is pretty good if you if you um, if you liked um, Phantom Menace, I thought. All right, folks, we're going to go into the news section, but first an ad read. All right, our first ad read of the night is for Funko, Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as their custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Okay, apparently one of my news bits has bit the dust. That's weird. Um, start off with cinematic news, unless it was taken off, taken out, taken out by that. I don't know about anyway. Young Justice boss perfectly shuts down call to remove LGBTB, no, excuse me, LBGTQ plus content. Sorry, folks. It is Pride Month, by the way. Happy Pride to for the for, for also Black Music Month. Um, I was about to say, wait a second, isn't that like out of order? What? No, what do you mean? I always thought it was LGBT. That's what this. That's what this article's got. But you are that's right. So okay. Uh, yeah, you are right. But that's what this article. Matter of fact, they they correct themselves in the and uh, right underneath it. That's so <laughs> probably but just a typo. That it we're definitely just is a typo. No, it definitely is a typo because yeah, because yeah. like I said, it's, I don't know if they fixed it. Uh, apparently, it did didn't. Regardless, um, Greg Wiseman responded to criticism on social media for using. Uh, for from a user arguing the series' uh, LGBTQ uh, content, quote-unquote, doesn't add any value and pollutes the show and alienate some viewers uh, unnecessarily. Uh, folks are so stupid. Uh, the Young Justice Crow creator fired back. How about I, instead, I strip away all the white male content from the show? We've seen plenty of that already, anyway, and I think they may be polluting the show. Don't ruin my mood. End of quote. So... Good on them. Next up. All right. So we got a a first unofficial look at the costume for the upcoming Blue Beetle movie. And apparently it was pretty awesome. I I don't think I've seen it yet. The costume itself is pretty accurate to the comics. And in an Instagram story, actor Zolo Mariduena has come out with words of appreciation. And uh, he says, thanks for all the love on the suit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think um, there should have been. I think it was on this Instagram or somebody's Instagram. They the show had, the suit has been shown. Put it that way, uh, but I can't remember if we've seen it. 
obviously clearly it's it's out there otherwise you know people wouldn't be able to respond to it uh the flash gives speaking of suits uh the flash gives a new look to sasha kali's uh supergirl costume so um apparently the i think it's the same the the same people who showed pictures of um uh the blue beetle costume actually are the ones who got a uh, picture of um the supergirl one and if you're watching the video version you can see the the um the twitter post uh in question so yeah looks like there's some leaked photos of supergirl's costume and and um, a couple of other costumes including the blue beetle one that are out there somewhere uh in this particular case is in this article so yeah I mean, it looks all right. Looks like, yeah, and nothing really, nothing really to say until we see it on her, I guess. Uh, next up, uh, Dwayne Johnson finally reveals the first Black Adam trailer date. So, on social media, he announced that the world premiere for the Black Adam trailer will arrive on June eighth next. <laughs> Wednesday, mm-hmm. so you gotta love it. You know, trying to trying to steal a little bit of Ms. Marvel's thunder. No pun intended. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I don't know. Uh, Batgirl director uh, confirmed Michael Keaton Batman role in HBO Max film. So yeah, apparently, um, one that Batgirl movie is still going on, and two Keaton's gonna be in it. So yay. Uh, says here that um, never million, never in a million years that she thought on her second film that it would be, uh, it would be on she would be on set with Brendan Fraser, J.K. Simmons, and uh, playing my character's dad and Michael Keaton, the OG Tim Burton Batman. End quote. So, yeah, I guess I don't know. Is this still following along with uh, the whole Flash thing or something, or we don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I know you're not telling what they're even doing. Um, so, but hey, we'll see. Next up. All right, so... Um, really? <laughs> I just read this story. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey director, teases a slasher fl- film plot. Pooh and Piglet go on a rampage. So A.A. Milne's original... Milne's original Winnie the Pooh stories only lapsed into the public domain five months ago, but, uh, oh God, there's some bad editorializing there. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh has already made its foray into slasher films. So Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, wrapped up earlier this month, and the first stills showed a uh, demonic Pooh and Piglet about to pounce on a scantily clad young woman relaxing in a hot tub, and that has already set the internet on fire. I do not spend enough time on the internet to have seen this. Hmm. I don't know if I want to. I In an interview see. with Variety director Reese Waterfield, Waterfield uh, said the response to the stills has been absolutely crazy. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I, I saw this when it first dropped, and I was meant to put it in, I think, last week's show, and I didn't. Uh, but I was like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and get this out of the way this week. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So yeah, that's what this is. What happens when stuff goes into public domain? You turn it into slasher fix. Looks when they get to Doctor Seuss, watch out. Um, I don't know. It, I I've seen some people liking it, but or liking what they've seen of it. But I'm like, y'all are crazy people. So what? What would expect? Um, I'm going to actually do this next one, but I'm gonna shoehorn another one in here real quick that I thought I had put in. Uh, okay. 
you had mentioned oh and actually this is not the one i wanted to put in so you had mentioned about the cg for for she hulk right and apparently there was a there's an article out there about uh updated cg that that they later put out after that after that trailer trailer right the initial trailer right right um and i'm trying to where did i put the that article okay well regardless hey that's out there folks i'll put it in the show notes i thought i had put it i thought i put it in the show notes but apparently i I did not but the next article i wanted to talk about was uh there's a live action speed racer coming to apple tv another uh, live action excuse me (laughs) speed racer that's coming to um to apple tv with jj abrams behind it and not uh the the wachowski siblings apparently so yeah there's probably going to be Lens Flair and um, Beastie Boys. You can look. You can almost be rest assured of that. I guess. Did you see the first um that that Speed Racer movie? No, you didn't. I heard it was. I I have heard people say it is not bad. Oh, so I, I I don't know. I have not seen all of it myself. I've seen like parts of it. So, but it's going to be J.J. Abrams uh, uh, executive producing, Ron Fitzgerald and and Hiram Martinez attached to co uh, show run. So I guess it's a show. Uh, there's no time. There's <clears throat> no um. Don't know when this is coming, but it's apparently coming at some point. Next. Oh wow. I was checking the sports score, folks. Yes, the entire senior staff of Star Trek The Next Generation's Enterprise D will reunite on screen in Star Trek Picard's third season. Paramount Plus announced that the primary Star Trek The Next Generation cast, LeVar Burton, Jonathan Frakes, Martina uh, Sirtis, Marina Sirtis, that is, Mm -hmm. Michael Dorn, Brent Spiner, and Gates McFadden will join Patrick Stewart for Picard's final season. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, confirmed. Uh, Indiana. Oh, so this is going to start our um, Star Wars celebration block, folks. So buckle up. A lot of Star Wars stuff, except for this one and that Willow show that apparently uh, is actually coming. But Indiana Jones Five first image revealed at Star Wars Celebration, which is a weird place for that to happen. But I get it. <laughs> it does make some sense. Yeah, like Harrison. Well, you know, normally I would think they would probably put that at like D. Uh, which is, but that's not until later this year. Um, and hey, it's Harrison Ford, so why not? Um, well, they probably only were able to get him for one appearance, so that's why they put him out, put it out here. Pretty much, also, yeah, also that. Um, because I mean, the whole that that Willow one was also a weird announcement that also came at Star Wars Celebration, and Willow is not <laughs> even a Star Wars property, so <laughs> but right, hey, what I was gonna say is. What is the interconnection? What is the interconnectivity? Where is the intersection there? Disney. That's no, I mean, other than Disney. Other that's, than that's what I'm saying. That's it. I, don't, I, I can't think Willow, of it. I mean, Warwick Davis? Oh, Warwick. Yeah, Warwick Davis has, has, has done some Star Wars. So, yeah, there is that. You know, I, I, I'm guessing that's the strongest, you know, the, the strongest actor connection. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, that is Willow. So, I mean, yeah, that would right. be that would be the case, you know, so. You know, so it's yeah, wicked. it's wicked. Exactly. Well, and other things actually, because I don't know he's played some other Star Wars characters, but definitely wicked is the the one of a certain vintage would know him out. But yeah, twenty twenty three, uh, we're getting another um, Indiana Jones movie, whether we want it or not. So, next up, 
Oh, actually, wait, June 30th, 2023. We've got an uh, exact date. Next up. Star Wars Celebration is moving back across the pond for next year's event during closing ceremonies. Celebration officials announced that the 2023 event would be held at London's Excel Exhibition Center for the third time. So if you're trying to get to Star Wars Celebration next year, you have to cross the pond. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. Uh, Disney drops in all new Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is one. I thought I'd put it in the clickbait section. Uh, Disney drops in Obi-Wan Kenobi supercut to prepare fans for the Star Wars series. And I believe this supercut is not necessarily like the begin, the, like um, what starts episode one of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because I know this starts with um, Sir Alec Guinness talking as Obi-Wan. And, and I can't, I didn't watch this, so I don't know what else is in this supercut. But I would imagine it's some of the same stuff that we see uh, in, the, in the beginning of um, episode one of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So... But yeah, you can check it out yourself in this article and the um, the Open One Kenobi official site uh, that has the link to it. Next, Lucasfilm. Oh wait, hold on. You did the supercut, right? Right. All right. Obi Wan Kenobi's Moses Ingram shares some of the racist messages she's received in her DMs. That's just that's a that's the story. Mm, yeah. Um. Actually, I forgot to put the the follow up story in that Star Wars. Uh, I think the Star Wars Twitter account. Um, and actually, uh, Ewan McGregor and other folks have, uh, come about, come out in, um, both response and support of, um, right. Of, uh, Moses Ingram and these, um, uh, uh, stupid asses sending, sending, uh, their dumbass comments. Right. It's just ridiculous, folks. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like no, no one should have to, uh, to go through stuff like this just because, your dumbasses like this same thing happened with killer marie tran and and, and right. uh, john borrega and right it's yeah. star wars people star wars yeah get over your fucking selves anyway but yeah she 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 took the instagram to to to, to um to, to to uh to show some of the stuff and like i said uh folks have come out uh in support which is a great thing to see uh, but next up, uh, Lucasfilm confirms that Star Wars' return to the theaters will be a movie with Taika Waititi uh, in 2023. Uh, we don't... Yeah, see, in a new interview out of a Star Wars Celebration, uh, the untitled movie from Taika Waititi is, is targeted for a late 2023 release. Um, oh, wait. Oh, okay. Star Wars Rogue Squadron, which Kennedy says has been pushed aside at Lucasfilm as uh, Patty Jenkins continues to uh, develop the the, the script, um, was, I guess, in the spot that was going to be there. Uh, So it looks like Taika Waititi is going to have a Star Wars movie, but don't know what it is, basically. So, which as I think I saw somebody on my subreddit was like, apparently Taika Waititi can just go up to people and and spark up a project and just get it. <laughs> I mean, if I'm not mistaken, this is kind of the way he works, where like they're editing right up until release date. Right. So that's why they're able to, you know, he he's able to you know, kind of hit those release dates. He's just working right up until the end. Right. It's the same thing, you know. He said the same thing as you know. He said the same about Thor, about the two Thor movies he's worked on now. Mm-hmm. Is that they're working on it right up until the release date. So, 
he's probably working on this unnamed Star Wars project right now. Sure. He has to, he has to be. You, yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah. What it is, we don't know what it is, but yeah, we'll, we'll see, I guess. Um, next up, though. Uh, also at Celebration, Star Wars The Mandalorian Season 3 teaser trailer drops with a new release date. So um, it's going to hit on Disney Plus in February 2023. And Agent 70's fan favorite character is going to be in the show. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did you see it? No. Oh. But I know I know that uh uh there you know there's a couple of uh reveals uh, Bab- in the trailer. I did not see it though. Babu Frick. Oh god. <laughs> I knew he would pick that one. As apparently going to show up in in the show uh, of course uh, uh um is also going to show up which we kind of figured. Um and Grief Karga, what I think was his name, obviously, you know. Right, I heard good things about how good uh, Apollo Creed, I mean, um, uh, Carl Weathers looked in uh, uh, in his uh, latest incarnation of Grief Karga. Indeed, indeed. So we will see when that, uh, when February, in February 2023, when uh, season three uh, drops. Uh, speaking of, wait, well, yeah, so... I, I said Bo-Katan's going to be there, and uh, Katie Sackoff uh, teased Bo-Katan's role in season three, which I'm going to assume she's going to try to get the dark saber away from Din. I, that's all I'm going to say about that because I don't know. Yeah, that makes the most sense. Right. It makes the most sense having seen, you know, and 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 what's funny is that in order to even have the hint of that at this point, you need to have watched Rebels. Yes. Right, you need to have watched Rebels. If you are not a fan of the animated Star Wars and you're coming into the Mandalorian, I'm going to presume that they will lay some of the groundwork in the live action show. Hmm. But for those of you, for those of us who have watched uh, Rebels, you will know that there is a definite tie. Uh, th- there's a definite storyline that's sort of dangling there, right? With Dinger and uh, wielding the dark saber at this point. Now that being said, they could go another way, and maybe Din becomes a reluctant leader because because um, Bo's like, you know what, I did this before and it didn't go well, so I'll you earned this. This <laughs> is fair and square. Yeah, but he's, he's also a member of Death Watch. Well, so was she at some one point. Well, I'm, but he's currently a member of Death Watch. But it's just not, not that he knows about overt. it, though. Right? Exactly. It's just not overt. Right. It's not. I mean, it's it's overt in the sense that the other Mandalorians recognize he's one of the he's one of Death Watch, but right. but it's not he like know. Din exactly. It's not like Din runs around saying I'm part of Death Watch and we're going to take over Mandalore because Mandalore right. has been destroyed. Right. So yeah, like so we 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 have ideas, but we don't actually know what's going to happen in season three. We we know it's going to have to do with him going back to Mandalore to try to. Uh, uh, absolve himself of taking off his helmet or whatever. So right. E- either way, hey, guess what? John Favreau is already writing season four. I'm just going to go ahead and take this one. <laughs> so we're definitely going to get a season. Well, they're more likely going to get a uh, a season four of the Mandalorian. However, this next season shakes out. So, and that it was the next article. You could take the one after that. 
All right, so Jude Law is coming to Star Wars as part of Lucasfilm's upcoming Skeleton Crew series. So at Celebration, Lucasfilm announced that Jude Law would star in Star Wars Skeleton Crew, the series which is from executive producers John Watts, Christopher Ford, John Favreau, and Dave Filoni will release on Disney Plus in 2023. Shooting on the project, project begins soon. Believe it or not, this involves a bunch of kids. Um, and Jude Law is still, you know, uh, I guess in, uh, uh, I guess at this point is still the primary focus of the show. I guess. So, so reading this article, cause apparently it was started out as another show called Grammar Rodeo, which is weird. Oh, excuse me. That's the code name. Like, that's the code name. Yeah, I'm sorry. Code name. Yeah. So I'm sitting here like, okay, so what exactly is this? And I was thinking, well, there is that, uh, Star Trek um show that's out now with uh Kate McGrew is animated. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a bunch of I guess there's a bunch of kids running around in Star Starship and uh, a Voyager class Starship. I wonder if it's gonna be something like that. So we don't know because we don't know anything about this outside of the fact that Jude Law is attached. Next up though, um Ahsoka first look teases Star Wars Rebels speaking of Ezra Bridger uh, Sabine Wren, Harrison Dilla, and Chopper. Right. Well, Chopper, I understand, appeared live at Celebration this year. I believe that is true. Yes, I didn't. I actually I didn't watch any of that stuff. I should have. Um, I saw pictures. I did, I didn't watch. Well, any, yeah, yeah. But I saw but, pictures. Yeah, I didn't like watch any of the panels. Normally, I would would have watched a panel too, especially like this panel because I think what. Well, uh, uh, Rosario Dawson and uh, uh, the girl who plays uh, Sabine was there. Uh, so yeah, but yeah. So apparently, um, I I said this on Twitter, and I was like, yeah, I was about to say, hold that thought. The actress that they, they they that they cast for Sabine really does look like the yes. animated Sabine. Yes, she does. I was like, yo, she you does. know, like all the love to Tia Sirikar, right? Right, all exactly. But yo, that actress looks a lot like the animated drawing. I thought that too. I was like, oh snap, they they got a they got a ringer on this one. <laughs> you know? So I don't know if there's a picture in this yeah, I don't think there's a picture in this in this article with them together. But yeah, like I saw pictures of her and and uh, from from Celebration. I'm like, okay, there you go. They they got the right one on this one. So we'll see how she does. And yeah, like I said, I, I hate the fact that, you know, Tia Sakar is not gonna be able to play the role on this one or you know, Ashley Eckstein, because you know, wouldn't mind seeing either one of them. But hey, they, they're doing good with the casting so far. Um, but yeah, so apparently, um, yeah, the, the, pretty much the rebels, the the the, the, the rebels um, folks are showing up, which I guess makes some kind of sense because at the end of Rebels, Sabine and Ahsoka was looking for Ezra. So. Because I, I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, okay, well, clearly they found them because they're casting them. <laughs> and I, mm. that was because I was thinking to myself when I saw this article, I was like, that's kind of a spoiler because I know they were looking for them. They were going to be looking for them, for them. But I guess since they, they're going to find them, whether they're going to go from that next, I guess we'll find out with this, which I'm going to assume Thrawn's probably going to show up at the same time because Thrawn was with Ezra at the end of Rebels. Probably. Yeah. So there you go. Next up. Next up, a new Star Wars animated series is on the way. At Celebration, Lucasfilm announced Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures, a new animated series set during the High Republic era, which is 
before the events of Phantom Menace. So according to Lucasfilm, the series will follow a group of younglings, younglings, as they study the ways of the Force and become Jedi and learn compassion, self-discipline, teamwork, patience, and friendship. So there is no exact release date, but uh, the window that they're looking at is spring of 2023 on both Disney Plus and Disney Junior Cable. Yeah, so I was kind of wondering if this was supposed to be taken off from that, uh, because there is a book out right now where, like, Yoda and a bunch of younglings are just traveling around on the ship and getting into stuff. So I was wondering if this was taken off of that or not, or that was taken off of this, or vice versa, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, But we'll see. Anyway, it's it's for the little ones. Uh, Star Wars Tales of the Jedi series announces has been announced and will bring back fan-favorite characters, uh, such as Gwygon Jinn, uh, Mace Windu, Anakin, and Ahsoka, apparently. And it, the series is going to debut later this year on Disney+. Plus. Uh, let's see. And this is, a, looks like it's a, yeah, Dave Filoni joint. And it's going to be animated shorts um, featuring different Jedi uh, from the prequel era. So, there you go. Hence the reason why we got Mace Windu back and not because of the fact that, oh no, he's He's fine. He fell out that window, but he's fine. Next up. All right. So uh, also at Celebration, there was the reveal of the Bad Batch Season 2 trailer. So we already knew that Season 2 was coming. And uh, we got some hints uh, as a result of the trailer. We find out that the second season appears to take place after a slight time jump. And the armor of the squad seems to be different. So, if I'm not mistaken, Roddy Cat is up to date on the Bad Batch. Cur- no. Cur- no. No. I have still oh. not seen first season. So, you are behind on the Bad Batch. Correct. Okay. Well, get on that then. <laughs> so, I was, so, which brings me to ask, was like, was there... Did, was there some final... I, mean, I, I assume since we're coming back for the second season, there was a... It, it ended on a note to where it could have, or did it just like get to a point where it was like, okay, we stop? No, no, no. There's definitely um, the uh, it was definitely written into the show that they were going to have a follow up story. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, we're still on the celebration beat, but actually getting into um, anime corner. All righty. Um, and actually, like I said, uh, Star Wars Visions, not a surprise, uh, gets a volume two next spring. So, yeah, this was uh, announced at Celebration that uh, Star Wars season, uh, Visions Project uh, Volumes 2, excuse me, will happen in spring 2023. Um, I think we probably already talked about this before, that the, 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 the Facebook, uh, that that was going to happen, but I guess we didn't have a any mon- uh, anything short of a date. Right. So now we kind of do with spring 2023. Um, still don't know how many episodes or anything like that, but uh, or who's going to be uh, involved in an anthology. But hey, that's fine. I'm, I'm down for getting more Star Wars anime. Next up. All right. So Dragon Ball Super Superhero promo debuts the anime's own James Bond ride. So I got to open this article because our little summary here. 
doesn't help me with this. So chugga 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 chugga. All right, so uh, you know the 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 movie is going to focus on specifically focus on Piccolo and Gohan facing off against the Red Ribbon Army. Um. Okay, so um. Oh, I see. Oh, 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 oh I see. So here's the the deal. It's just that the the one of the 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 characters, one of the bad guys, is a who is a link to the Red Ribbon Army is driving around a pretty technologically advanced ride and it's described um in the new promotion as kind of like a luxury car that's uh very James Bond like James Bond esque. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah. Speaking of uh Dragon Ball, um uh Dragon Ball creator teases the reason Gohan and Piccolo team up in Superhero. Um there's also an article about out there saying that Kuria uh, Toriyama says that Gohan is the, is actually the strongest uh, fighter, and I'm sitting here like, well, why'd you treat him like a bee all this time? Yeah. But anyway, uh, speaking with the official Dragon Ball website, Toriyama opened up about why Gohan and Piccolo are uh, the main team up for the new movie. Um. Uh, oh yeah, and it mentions it here. Gohan is actually stronger than anyway, or so it's said. But lately, he hasn't been given a get, getting a chance to sh- shine. Uh, but as for bringing Piccolo into the mix, the creator figured that Gohan's teacher would serve uh, as more as more of a well of growth. So, sure. I mean, hey, look, Piccolo's been there when when Goku uh, Goku was around in the movie. Oh, you know, so not the first time. That's with his adopted son. So it says here, uh, in order to motivate Gohan, it takes the revered teacher. It takes his revered teacher, Gohan uh, Piccolo, rather than his father, Goku. <laughs> I figured I'd try giving birth to a new superhero by putting these two in the spotlight through their intense uh, battles with gamma androids, end quote. So, yeah. Uh, do we got a date? We still don't have a date on this yet. I guess not. It's just summer. Yeah. So, okay, next up. Uh, High Dive confirms the first summer 2022 anime lineup edition. So, uh, the summer 2022 anime season is fast approaching. And uh, let's see here. So, Sentai Filmworks has announced which of the new anime releases will be exclusively streaming with High Dive beginning in July. Uh... Yeah, so there's a bunch of shows here. Mm-hmm. A little too numerous to talk about, but please feel free to check out this article in our show link, in our show notes. Yeah, for those that don't know, High Dive is pretty much Crunchyroll for uh, uh, a certain, for Sentai Filmworks. It's basically like Funimation was before they, <laughs> before uh, Sony bought Crunchyroll. So, yeah, sure. Uh, Sword Online, um, Sword Art Online debuts massive twenty disc ten anniversary tenth anniversary box set. Wow, this thing's been around that long. That's crazy. Uh, Sword Art Online, Sword Art Online fans in Japan will soon have the opportunity to own a tenth anniversary box set uh, for Reki Kawahara's hit uh, Isekai series. The set will contain the first two seasons of the anime, the series' first movie, and a ton of bonus uh, materials. As revealed on the series' uh, official 10th anniversary website, the box set will consist, will consist of 20 discs in total. 12 of these will be d- Blu-rays that contain the animated material, um, uh, the film, and some uh, a whole bunch of extra other stuff. 
So all the anime goodies that uh, folks uh, know and love at this point. So cool. I'm sure there's some decent folks that want to get their hands on that. Next. Oh, now we're getting into uh, manga manga corner. Right, manga and comic book stuff. So. Uh, you want me to take this one? Hunter sure. x Hunter will return soon after four plus years. So maybe this is the anime I decide to take up now. Hunter x Hunter is ready to make its long way to return after four years of being on hiatus. So uh, it's back and it's been confirmed by its creator, Yoshihiro Togashi. And uh, he has a brand new Twitter and that's where he can confirm the news. And... Um, so they had four. So let's see here. It said that they have four more chapters to work on. Obviously, this led fans to geek out about Hunter x Hunter making a comeback. Okay, but apparently the account's authentic- authenticity was quickly questioned. Do I have to open up the article to find out if this is actually true? No, it's true. Uh, so basically, it's been confirmed by other folks that that okay. uh, yeah that are that would know, such as uh, such as the manga car behind Punch One Punch Man. Gotcha. You know, now I, now, now I think I know why Hunter x Hunter was highlighted on Netflix when I turned it on to, <laughs> uh, when I turned it on to put on Stranger Things. Okay. Why? It makes sense. Well, yeah, but this is for the manga. I don't think the, well, I mean, there's a lot to the anime, so I guess it, it could get you down. Maybe they are working some more anime, I guess so, uh, behind this. So yeah, yeah I guess no, so. Makes, yeah, but it makes sense that they would try to highlight this, you know, as part of a marketing push. Eh, maybe or Netflix is just like, hey, check this out. I mean, that's obviously that's obviously the algorithm talking, right? Right. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking is more that than than this. Right. Maybe it's just a pure coincidence, but it, you know, I don't I don't necessarily believe that's the case. So right. Maybe they just knew that you would t- put this into our show notes, and uh, you know that I'd be talking about this at some point tonight. Who's to say? Next up, though, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen reveals why Hikari is considered one of the strongest fighters. I believe this is also, well, this is all, it has to be for the manga and that I have not read. Um, see, Jujutsu Kaisen has begun to release uh, Kenji Hikari. Wait, is that the dude they introduced? The last? Anyway, let me shush. Uh, in his first full fight in the series, and the, the newest chapter of the series has finally revealed his trick as to why he is considered one of the first, uh, strongest sorcerers in the series overall. Hikari's debut has long been anticipated ever since uh, Satoru Gojo had revealed that Hikari was one of the few students he could rely on to uh, have enough strength to uh, fight in his absence. Nine years later, following the Shibuya, uh, Shibuya incident, uh, Hikari has made his way into the series, and the calling game is showing off what this fighter can really do. So yeah, this is... Uh, I have not read any of the manga, so I have no idea what's what's going on there. But apparently, chapter one hundred and eighty-six of Jujutsu Kaisen uh, is picking up from a previous cliffhanger as uh, Hikari takes on uh, Kashimo, and there's a fight, and there's cursed energy, and uh, I need the anime to come back. Thank you very much. Next up. All right, so these are you know this involves uh, some spoilers for the My Hero Academia Vigilante <laughs> spinoff uh, manga, and you know there's a pretty there's apparently a pretty popular character named Crawler that um, has not yet been shown in the main My Hero Academia storylines, 
and this issue, the last issue of uh, My Hero Academia Vigilantes kind of reveals why. Uh, if you, I, I feel like I've asked you this question like multiple times. You've been keeping up with this? With the with the vigilantes, no. Yeah. With main with the main manga, yes. Gotcha. I'm up to date on the main manga. Gotcha. Okay. Next up, though, uh, let's see. Marvel Avengers travels to the wild west to face uh, history's mightiest Avengers, and this is wait. This is a spoiler alert for Avengers number fifty nine. Did did we? That's not. We're on what fifty six, right? No, this is for the August solicitation, so this doesn't come out yet. Oh, okay. Well, spoilers, folks. So apparently, uh, the the Avengers go to the Old West. Not the mm-hmm. first time for the Avengers. Not the last time. Probably not. I won't go too much farther than that because I don't want to be too much spoiled in it for it. Because I was like, I was thinking about. It. I was like, wait, I know fifty nine is not out yet. So mm-hmm. okay, next up. All right, so. Uh... Marvel's longtime X-Men character Iceman is getting his own solo series, Marvel's Voices Iceman, number one on Marvel Unlimited. So he's going to get a new four-part series from writer and artist Luciano Vecchio, and it's uh, available to read now. The first issue is available to read now on Marvel Unlimited, and will continue to roll out weekly on the app. And uh, we're not plugging anything here, folks. We, We all know that we use this extensively. Yep. Uh, boop. Former editor-in-chief Joe Casada leaves Marvel after 22 years. Casada uh, made the surprise announcement via Twitter, telling fans, after two-plus uh, two decades, uh, the time has come for me to move on. This is him saying that. As you can imagine, my love for the company, its characters, and for all my co-workers runs deep. Uh, but I have an exciting new chapter that's about to begin, so the time feels right. So, and actually, his uh, the title of his uh, his Twitter post is uh, and now for something completely different, which is a Monty Python reference, and I appreciate that, Joe. Mm. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, he hadn't played a very big role in the company in a while now. True. So it makes sense that you know he would step aside, and and you know he's still got some creative stuff left to do, and you know we'll see what he's uh, what he's got. Uh, up his sleeve coming up next. He says it in, in this uh, text thing, uh, the text that he put out in his Twitter account, it's going to be amazing. So Spider-Man, no, I'm just kidding. Um, mm. I'm joking. We don't know. So, Hey, good luck, Joe. Ha- have a cup of Joe for all of us, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up. Marvel has announced its plans for phase two of star Wars, the high Republic comic book. Marvel previously told, High Republic stories in its ongoing Star Wars The High Republic series by Caven Scott and Ario Anandito and uh, a murder mystery of Star Wars The High Republic in Trail of Shadows and the revelatory Star Wars The High Republic Eye of the Storm. So at Celebration, Marvel Comics announced the second Star Wars The High Republic ongoing series and Star Wars The High Republic The Blade limited series. Okay. Yeah, and that then there's also High Republic uh, Adventures, which is also going on at IDW. So that's that's a, that's a lot of High Republic going on. A uh, yep. new Star Wars series explores Yoda's exile on Dagobah. So announced during celebration, uh, the upcoming series is slated to arrive in October. Um, uh, with Marvel, obviously, uh, penned by New York Times best-selling author Kevin Scott uh, and illustrated by Nico Leon. 
the the series is set to begin uh, during the Star Wars The High Republic era as Yoda reflects uh, on his previous adventures across his century's life, long life. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's it. October is when it's coming. And, uh, then say, yeah, then say how long it's going to be or if it's going to be ongoing or not. So, all right, next. All right. The first two all ages Star Wars comics from Dark Horse are arriving later this year. StarWars.com uh, revealed some art and details about the two titles, Star Wars Hyperspace Stories and Star Wars Tales from the Rancor Pit. Welcome back to Dark Horse Star Wars. Sure. Uh, Doctor Strange's 2's... We're getting into Toy Corner now, actually. Uh, Doctor Strange 2's Call It Witch Dream walks through our reality in a new hot toy. So, uh, the hot girl got a hot toy. Ha ha ha. Um... It is. I'm just going to cut to the price here if I can find it. So, yes. Scarlet Witch. Um, 320 bucks. Hot Toys. Uh, I'll just flip through some pictures real quick. Uh, yeah. As we've said before, it's Hot Toys, so it's quite detailed and quite expensive because mm. of such. You got 20, 320 bones to, to drop down on it? Go for it. Looks good. Next up. Uh, screenshots from the canceled Marvel MMO from Daybreaks Games have surfaced online following the announcement of the cancellation last week. Ramiro Galan, a principal. Uh, wow, is that like uh, Galactus in disguise? Ramiro Galan, a principal nice. designer at Pixel Kings, posted the screenshots to his Twitter and Behance accounts. And. Um, uh, the emphasis, he says, in his Twitter post was on rich and vibrant colors with stylistic tones that pay homage to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. It's unclear how far along the MMO was before cancellation. Okay. Hmm. Uh, John Favreau gets his own Star Wars The Black Series action figure for The Mandalorian, uh, as you can see. Uh, yeah. Uh Hasbro has revealed uh, a new Black Series action figure with uh, John Favreau. And I heard something about, I can't remember who it was, somebody had bought a bunch of them to um, at um, Celebration. I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody, uh, uh, it wasn't Filoni, but it was somebody else uh, with uh, uh, attached to uh, uh, Favreau. But anyway, uh, let's see. But yeah, apparently the the figure was forty bucks, and it was at um, the the booth at um, at Star Wars Celebration. And uh, I don't see. Oh, there will be all. They will only be available to be rede- uh, uh, online pre-ordered uh, value the voucher. It's like I said, it's forty dollars. They can pre-order. It wasn't actually at the booth. Looks like. Um, uh, no word on whether it's going to be whether this, this figure is going to be uh, anywhere else. But uh, yeah. Next. Mm, 
for five hundred dollars, talking about expensive stuff, Hasbro has des- designed a lifelike lightsaber just in time for the premiere of the Obi Wan Kenobi series. This is a replica of the Riva Force FX Elite lightsaber, and uh, it measures a total of six and a half feet long with both blades attached. So yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can do the whole helicopter thing, but that's pretty interesting. I'm sure someone. I'm sure someone will try. Someone will make some um, mechanism to to try. <laughs> I wish we could get to the point to where, or maybe we have, and they're, they're just not there yet. Um, to where they were, could retract, believably. You know, that's the only thing I'm looking for in my in my lightsabers at this point. I know they have. I think they do have like light super lightsabers that like retract, mm-hmm. um, or have had, I should say, but not nothing to the likes of uh, force effects. And I'm sure we're not there yet uh, to get to that point. I would love that though. But yeah, this is a Haslabs project. That's probably all the reason why it's so so much. And I'm sure the uh, the pre-orders will go gangbusters. Uh, everyone's favorite. Oh yeah. Everyone's favorite Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order droid is getting a Lego set. So BD-1 has a Lego set coming out. Um, it is $99.99 and is due for release on August 1st. Uh, so you can go and uh, hit up Amazon to get a pre-order or whatever the case may be. And uh, I don't think there's anything else to it outside of that being the case. So there might have been some like uh, whatever that um, Lego... Um, thing they used to do, the Technic stuff or whatever. Anyway, don't seem like it. Or actually, no, I think it does. It looks like you could do stuff with it, but it's not really saying that much here. Next up. The first trailer for Star Wars Jedi Survivor premiered as part of Celebration. So this is a sequel to Respawn's critically acclaimed Star Wars game, and it is set to be released at some point in 2023. So we, at this point, we see, you know, in the cinematic trailer that was released, that is, we see Cal Kestis after the events of Jedi Fallen Order, and uh, he's still on the run from the Empire. So there's plenty of uh, Star Wars uh, with new Inquisitors and new mysteries. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh yes, and that droid that uh, the aforementioned droid is, is which is where it came from. Uh Gotham Knights Funko Pops debut at Funko Ween twenty twenty two. I'm gonna take the next one after this because it's also Funko related. But yeah, so you can uh, get the 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 Funko Pops uh for the Gotham Knights uh characters. Uh oh, is it out yet? <laughs> Yeah, it's like you can pre-order the pre-order them all at them point at this point. So you can check that out. And the next one is uh, DC Comics Black Adam Funko Pops have arrived. Um, let's see, see, there are like six figures from Black Adam. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. There's a Black Adam wave, including a deluxe pop ride and comic cover and exclusive figures in the mix. A full breakdown of the common pop figures and exclusives can be found uh, in this article below if you want to check that out. But there's also Black Adam, there's uh, Hawkman, and other folks that is also in this wave that you can check out. Next up. Batman Shadow War event and DC's Dark Crisis loom over uh, these upcoming releases. So uh, 
Shadow War ended this week. Ended this week while Dark Crisis debuted its first prelude, and uh, we didn't really talk about them. I skimmed no. both of these books this books this week. Um, I honestly kind of let out a groan of frustration reading both of them. So, but obviously, I'm not a big DC person. It's just you know, you you get to a point where you're just kind of exhausted by some of the things that they're trying to, t- some of the stories they're trying to tell. It happens with every publisher and every book. You know, it's happening. It's happening more and more with Marvel for me as well. But this DC stuff has gotten, you know, at, at least in terms of my level of frustration, has really gotten to a high point. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, hey, if this is the stuff that floats your boat, feel free to enjoy it. Yeah, I was. On board at the start of Shadow Shadow War, then I was like, "Oh wait, it's going to win too many books." So I'm just, uh, I'll, I might or might not get to it at some point. Who knows? Right. And I know that Roddy Cat probably read this, read the the blurb that he uh, he put into our show notes, so it kind of spoils like the, the 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 mastermind behind Shadow War, and that's kind of where I I, I kind of lost interest as soon as I saw that. I was like, "Really? That's 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 the point of the story? That's just whack." Actually, surprisingly enough, I did not. <laughs> oh, I managed good not job. to. So that's why I didn't spoil it. Yeah, I, I managed not to because I've, like I said, sometimes I can get away with it depending on how the article is situated. Right. But that's why I made sure not to spoil it. I spoke carefully, folks. We are, you know, unlike Obi-Wan this week, uh, you know, we're usually pretty good about maintaining our our uh, our secrecy levels here. Yeah. Uh, next up, though, DC relaunches Batman Incorporated. I believe I hinted around to this earlier. Uh, no, Batman Incorporated. B A T Man. I'm sorry. Roddy Cat gets what I was referring to. Oh my God, that was a pull! Wow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the kids would be proud. Anyway, um. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. Uh, the Batman spinoff series Batman Incorporated is making a comeback as a new Uncory series this fall. Batman Incorporated, also known as Batman Inc., was a global crime fighting task force created for uh, created by Batman, uh, by Bruce Wayne Batman after his return from the dead in 2008's Final Crisis event. Um, so, yeah, it was a group of people around the world I do remember this uh, Knight and Squire, Jiro Osamu a bunch of other people uh, and apparently Ed Brisson is writing and uh, John Timms is the writer, as excuse me, is the artist but I don't know if uh, Ed Brisson had done any uh, DC work but what? I said I didn't know Ed Brisson had done any uh, DC work. He's done a lot of Batman stuff, if I'm not mistaken. It makes sense, knowing his his yeah. style. But I don't know. I don't. You know me. I don't read a lot of DC anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, the first issue is launching in October, um, and the, the ongoing series launches out of the fallout from um, Shadow War, which which just uh, concluded this week. So, next up. Three new young adult graphic novels are coming from DC Comics featuring Harley Quinn, Lois Lane, and Static. The novels hit shelves in spring 2023 and will become the newest additions to DC's popular young adult line. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm just uh, scrolling over the, um, there's a Static one, and I'm just scrolling over the pictures in the article. Next up, um, oops. 
preview uh, for Gun Honey Blood for Blood number one is, uh, covers. So this is the covers for the upcoming uh, new ver- uh, volume of Gun Honey. Uh, oh, Roddy Cat put the story in for me. Of course I did. <laughs> so yeah, this is going to, that's going to be released on in August, August 24th specifically. That's my brother's birthday. Hey. Um... And yes, the covers have been revealed for the next volume as I will um as I'll scroll through them real quick. Whoa. Maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the for the um, quote unquote titular character. Oh my, okay. Wait, back up. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there was there was there was covers for uh, Blood. Yeah, yeah, we're we're starting to you know if you're not familiar with this comic book from Titan Comics, from their hard case crime uh, line, there is definitely a certain amount of uh, appeal. Yeah, some cheesecake. There's a certain type of appeal here in this Gun Honey book. Yes, indeed. Uh, Last but not least. Uh, last but not least, the Emergence Universe expands with Zoe MG's second season and spinoff series. So Interpop Superpowered Emergence Universe is expanding with a second season of Zoe MG launching this fall and a new spinoff series, The Rejects, coming in July. So this is an exclusive reveal by CPR and that, um... So the series will return for a second season from best-selling author Danielle Page, uh, extended friend of the show. And, um, all right, it's interesting. Yeah, so the series is set within the Emergence Universe and follows the city of Coulter Vaughn's number one internet influencer. Okay. Yeah, so shout out to uh, former guest uh, of the show, BDM and crew. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. Wait, is Matt Wayne uh, yeah. associated with, with them? Yeah. Still? Yeah. Okay. And then shout out to Matt Wang also. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I saw this. Matter of fact, I think I saw this on BDM's uh, Twitter account. That's where I was like, "Oh, let me, let me go shout out to it." Uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, Emergence was a. I do remember because I have it. Uh, Emergence was a card game that they uh, they built out a universe for, uh, spinning off into uh, comic books such as this. And I didn't know uh, BDM had been was a uh, was ahead of this Interpop thing. So. Good on them. Uh, that, folks, is the show. Uh, we got one more ad read. Our last ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to torrente, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Have you ever tried an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And other listeners of the Compo Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, free 99, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. 
All right, let's see if I can thread this real quick. All right, folks, that is the end of the show. We thank you each and every one for you for coming out this week. We will be back next week with uh, more Obi Wan and some Mar- uh, some Miss Marvel also. Uh, so this ought to be great to, to start off the show. But uh, I have been Rydercat. You can find me at Rydercat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nerds Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Uh, Agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. PC underscore Dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com is all the umbrella sites they're in. Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter. Um, <laughs> CB Cron on Twitter. Uh, the uh, click, excuse me, yes, the click nation on Twitter, and uh, of course, um, I did say CBCron, CBCron is the uh, Comic Book Chronicles uh, uh, Twitter account, but also he's over on comicbook.com writing his face off. I thought I could make the, the, the cutoff for the, for the recording, and uh, I didn't. So I was trying, folks. Uh, you can find us uh, on the Cole Slither Podcast. No, excuse me, the Cole Slither Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast project place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Cole Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. You can also find us recording every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m. on twitch.tv slash comicbookchronicles and youtube.com slash theclicknation. So, folks, uh, see you next week. We'll be back. More juicy goodness, more comic goodness. It'll be great. And with that, this has been Comic Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. Oh, my time is up. Peace out to Brooklyn. Happy Pride. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>